Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to slash watching One Cross Radio. Today we are joined by nobody. It's me again. Uh, before we get into the episode proper, I did want to do a couple shoutouts. Today's episode is sponsored slash not really sponsored by uh, Celestial Bengali Spice Tea. It is quite delicious. I do recommend you check it out. Uh, thank you, Pastor Isaac, for getting me into it um, way back when, when I had you on the podcast. Uh, I did also want to include some shoutouts uh, and recommendations, again, to the the Polis podcast uh, from Pastor Hector Mire and uh, Chris Chris. Poirier, sorry Chris, I know I'm getting your last name wrong and I do apologize. Uh, it's a really, really solid podcast. Um, yeah, I've, I've plugged it before. <laughs> they look at comics, stuff going on with comics and shows. Uh, they look at things from how things interact with faith. There's some great interviews. A couple episodes ago, there was a really solid interview with Kevin Eastman from the Ninja Turtles, as well as... Um, I do apologize, I can't remember the wonderful woman's name, but she was a scientist who also was positively really talking about the impact of uh, seeing good uh, representation with uh, characters that struggle with mental health and actually handling handling it uh, authentically and delicately. So they, they've got a really solid podcast, you should check them out. Um, another shout out I wanted to give, because it ties into today's uh, topic is the Men of the West uh, YouTube channel. It is a YouTube channel for all things Lord of the Rings. They go into things really, really well. Uh, you should check them out. Uh, which actually brings us to today's topic. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I did a podcast about um, my favorite former elements of the Star Wars Expanded Universe. And that got me thinking of another... Uh, blog post that I'm like, I want to revisit it uh, before the show comes out. I believe it comes out either next year or the year after. Um, <laughs> coolly, one of these, uh, the wishes have been granted, but I'm still going to go through the list anyway. Um, and today's episode is about uh, my wish list for the uh, upcoming Amazon Lord of the Rings show. Uh, now, as I said, one of these wishes has been granted, but the heck with it. It's my podcast. I'm still going to go through the list anyway uh so with that in mind let's get to it number 10 uh number 10 is cameos uh as long as they make sense or work for the story now originally when i wrote this post and this list i was like this is the most likely to happen well it turns out a further one down the line actually happened so anyways this is still one that's likely to happen uh and it's on paper the easiest one to make happen but you got to do it right, because um, as we saw in The Hobbit, and uh, get ready for a lot of flack to be given to those films, because they're terrible. Um, respect to Peter Jackson still. Um, I'll attach a video so you can see what I'm talking about and why I'll try to give him some grace, even though those movies were, were terrible. Um, cameos can work if they're brief and they add to the story, but not if they're fleshed out and given supportive roles. So, an example in The Hobbit would be Legolas, because now we got to Benjamin Button him and explain why when he's younger, he looks older, and when he's older, he looks younger. Uh, or excessively do the, uh, the cameos at the beginning where I'll always think of uh, The Unexpected Journey, where Frodo walking by the room when Bilbo, old Bilbo was writing the, the book, 
are starting to write the story, I was like, great, that's awesome, Elijah, awesome. And then it kept going. Uh, it would have been a night, like a little nice thing to just have him walk by the room because it's not Frodo's story. Um, yeah, um, Elrond showing up in this in this franchise, heck yes. Smog, heck yes, because Smog was awesome. Uh, and you know what? I wouldn't mind if, depending on how they did it, if they got to the Third Age uh, at all, like the early part. Uh, Martin Freeman as Bilbo, Bilbo would be great because Martin Freeman was one of the few good things about the Hobbit movies. Uh, number nine. Um, this kind of ties into the last point, but have it be less like The Hobbit and more like Lord of the Rings. And by that, I mean it mostly from a production standpoint. Um, a joke from Honest Trailers was when they were doing the Honest Trailers for Lord of the Rings, it's like, get ready for a great uh, tourist film of... All New Zealand's, like, wonderful sights. And then when you got to The Hobbit, it was like, get ready for a tourist film of all New Zealand's wonderful green screens. Um, like, Lord of the Rings definitely, clearly used CGI and green screens, but it used it better. They shot so much more outdoors. It wasn't clearly CGI. Uh, there was a lot more actual locations. Ian McKellen didn't break down and cry on set because he's an actual actor, not having to emote off of... Tennis balls hanging off of sticks. Um, <laughs> like, again, respect to Jackson, even though it turned out to be a mess. Um, like, have it, if you can do it better, like the first films were, then do that. As much outdoor as possible. As much location, practical props, practical effects, CGI to enhance as possible. Uh, that would, that'd be wonderful. Do not rush this thing, basically. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll go into it now. I was going to wait till later. But basically, the issue with The Hobbit was it was announced, I think, a good five years before it actually happened. Um, MGM announced it. Jackson was going to produce. At that point, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro was going to direct. It was going to be two films. The first one was going to be very have a very distinct look. And then the second part, the world was going to change its look cinematically to fall more in line with what was to come in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And that was interesting. But then MGM went bankrupt. They filed for Chapter 11. Uh, it got it was in development hell for a while. It got put on hold. Uh, Guillermo left, and then MGM and Peter Jackson have a, a new line, all have a, a troubled history. Jackson kind of felt like screwed over on some royalties. There were some lawsuits. They weren't going to bring him in to direct. Um, but eventually they did. He did not think he could do the film that uh, Guillermo was going to do. So he asked for a year. He asked for one year to uh, rewrite it, to do it uh, better so then he could make uh, uh, the film he wanted to make with it. Uh, still do it in two parts. They got back to him and said no. Too much money had already been spent. And they were going to make it three films. And you can tell that they were shooting that sucker without a script. Um, I'll, I will find the video. Um, but it was from a bonus feature on the Blu-ray of the Battle of Five Armies where... It's Jackson just looking so knackered and defeated and wrecked. Um, just like pale and drained. Like removing 
everybody from the set so he could figure out what they're filming for the battle that day because they had no script for certain parts. And that showed in the movie, especially in that third one. Um, yeah, The Hobbit is not good. I can't... Like, Jackson's the director, so the at some point the buck does stop at him. But let's call a spade a spade. I can't throw him under the bus entirely. Um, not that I'm trying to throw him under the bus, but... There was so many issues that when you hear the full story, it's not like it's just Jackson's fault. Like, no, it was he was under a lot of pressure. Uh, He chose not to walk away. He did make some decisions, but given what it was that the flick was almost those flicks were in almost in a no win scenario. But they're 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 bad. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. At this point, they're worse than Star Wars prequels to me. Moving on. Uh, to number eight. <clears throat> Sorry, give me a second for the tea. Celestial. Bengali spice. So good. Uh, number eight is character development. This could have been tied into number nine, but again, it needs to be its own point. Um, and again, I'm going to pick on The Hobbit and compare it to Lord of the Rings. The Hobbit had terrible, terrible, terrible character development uh by the end of the unexpected journey like we had friggin what like seven dwarves or something like seven or twelve i can't even remember i can't remember over half of their names uh let alone who they were and what motivated them as a as an as a character um friggin there was no real development in that movie uh and legit, at the end, when they're in peril, when they're hanging on the trees, like, about to fall off, I'm kind of like, it's bad, but I kind of want some of them to die so we can develop these characters, because I don't care about anybody but Bilbo here right now. I just don't. Because um, they, there was no time invested. They sung, they sung, some, sung some songs, but that's it. Like, they've... They fought some goblins that had testicle chins and all that, and that was stupid. Um, Whereas Fellowship, in comparison, has a comparable amount of characters, but spends time with them. You know what motivates them. You know what's making them tick. You know who the ring is going to uh, corrupt the most. My boy Boromir. Man, that was tragic. still hits me every time. Uh... Everybody gets developed. You know who, what makes them tick. You know what makes them operate. You know what's going to kick them in the pants going forward. And then they keep getting developed over the course of the next couple movies. Uh, whereas in the Hobbit ones, only like two or three of them get developed over the movies. Uh, Thorin basically and one of the two twins. Um, and that's it. Or not even twins, the brothers. But none of them really get developed. They're stagnant the whole way through. And that and that, that's boring. Um, so I, I'd love it. And I'm sure the show will. But get the character, develop, uh, the character development piece right. Uh, as a viewer, as a fan of this universe, like, I want to be invested. I want to care. Uh, and if you're just stagnant and boring and not really, de- like, creating stakes for these characters creating peril, giving me a reason to actually be invested, I'm not gonna. It's it. Don't do it, basically. Um, yeah, so character development is uh, is an important piece. 
Number seven. Don't go Game of Thrones. Now, when I originally wrote this, um, what I meant was don't do what HBO did, where apparently they didn't have enough faith in the material. I've seen all of two episodes of Game of Thrones uh, because the first episode I saw, it was just, it was borderline porn. Um, Not even like, I don't even mean just like, torture porn or violence porn or whatever, which gets thrown at the show anyway. But I mean, the sex scenes were borderline porn. Uh, and I'm, no, no. I've had my struggles with that stuff. I don't want to see it. Um, and apparently that was a mandate from HBO. Like, oh, you gotta have this amount of violence. You gotta have this amount of nudity. You gotta have this amount of sexuality. Um, that would not fit with this show. Now, you can also now mean, even though I haven't seen it, the backlash to the eighth season is, don't do too much that'll upset your fan base. Uh, but the main thing is, yeah, don't go, don't see what Game of Thrones did and shows and movies do this. The Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight came out and suddenly everybody's like, we got to be dark and serious. Uh, and then friggin' Marvel, a more recent example is, man, that, 2008 isn't the most recent example, and we're looking at it as an older example. It's tripping me out. Anyways, um, the MCU is a big success, and then suddenly everybody's trying to do the shared universe model, and the only ones pulling it off are Legendary and the Monster Monsterverse. Just saying. Uh, but don't look at what Game of Thrones did and think you have to do that to emulate it. Uh, Lord of the Rings has never... Uh, had nudity or sexuality in the franchise, and it would be out of place to add it. Like a line about something hidden in your trousers. Yeah, that was very out of place. Not really funny. Didn't fit with Lord of the Rings. Just saying. Um, and outside of the, the two out-of-continuity video games, the, uh, the Shadows of Mordor or Shadows of War games, the violence hasn't been excessive. On that, on that matter, it hasn't been tame either. Um, but I wouldn't want that to change, to change that, to amp it, to amp it up. Uh, the franchise has a good tone on both of these fronts. I'm not saying you recreate like the f the flicks, but look what the flicks did with the tone and apply that to your film. Uh, number six, within reason, be willing to take artistic liberty. Because uh, to be frank, this medium demands it. Um, the first three films are different from the books in, in numerous ways, and it worked. Uh, Lord of the Rings, as much as I, I enjoy the books and I love the films, the differences needed to be there. I don't think unless you make some of those changes that the books would work as, as a film. Uh, Tom Bumbit, Bambadil, sorry, I'm, I'm butchering the dude's name, but not a huge fan of that character. Everybody loves him, and I don't think he would have added anything to the movie. Uh, Aragorn almost dying in Towers did not happen in the book, but it worked for the flick. It added to it. He saw the army coming, and then you got that cool moment of him opening the door. Like, it it worked. These changes, these changes worked. Heck, a big example is friggin' if they didn't change the structure of Towers... Frodo and Sam, who, no offense, they're just, upon rewatches, their side quest, even though it's part of the emotional weight of the story, is the one I'm least invested in by the time I get to Return of the King. Um, but <laughs> to the point that every once in a while I'm, make, I'm working on a fan edit where 
for towers and return it's taking out the frodo and sam stuff it's it's good stuff it's not bad it's just on repeat of viewings i'm so much more invested in the aragorn uh the aragorn quest and uh, gandalf side stuff than i am the frodo and sam piece um not ripping on it it's excellent but just just saying uh and what was i saying freaking lost my train of thought yeah, right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> total brain fart there. Need some more tea. Uh, if they kept the structure of Return of the King the same as they did the book, Frodo would have woken up in the tower and uh, as, as they start bickering, the two orcs start bickering over his stuff, that, and we would have gotten just that onwards of him in Return of the King. And that wouldn't be a balanced movie. That's not what, like, people would have been upset by that, I think. Um, but be willing to take what was from the books, but be willing to reinterpret it. It is a different medium. Uh, go with that. Uh, like I've said in a previous podcast, a character being adapted should always reflect the source material. I'm not saying being a slave to it, but it needs to be at least resemble the the character that i've read um that i've read about that i've seen in a book or in a comic uh because lord of the rings comics exist frankly not a, enough of them because i think this franchise is this series is ripe uh for for comic adaptations and i'd love it if the tolkien estate allowed that to happen um but yeah, so I am just I'm I'm circling here. Uh, like, the thing is, there's very few, there's some characters we only know little about who in the entire Legendarium have been mentioned, like these epic battles, but not much mentioned about them. Uh, like Arendil, who killed Ankeloth, uh, who was the gangster mountain-sized dragon, um, but we don't know at too too much about them. So there's enough of a slate where you can take what is there in the Legendarium, but add your twist, expand on it. You can make the character your own a bit here. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Um, so that bit about Ankeloth, uh, he'll, he'll be revisited. So number five, I would love if the Blue Wizards got uh, visited a bit more. Uh, of the five Atari... Istari, sorry, sent to Middle-earth. These two we know the very least about. The ones we know the most about are Gandalf and Sauron. Um, nope, damn it, not Sauron. Saruman. Oh, man. It's a... I'm very tired, guys. Um, like, with the Blue Wizards, they arrived first. They went... Uh, I think they went east or west. No, 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 they went east. Um... And the thing is, we don't know whether or not they succeeded or failed uh, in in their mission. Um, there is, if you look on the the uh, Tolkien wiki, there's stuff supporting both statements that support both. Um, and I would love it, especially since this is set in the uh, the show is set in the Second Age. Uh, you could do stuff with the wizards. It would be a really great way. Heck, you could even do stuff with the lore because the wizards are basically angels. 
Um, Tolkien was a practicing and believing Catholic. His faith did impact the franchise. He did not go allegorical as Lewis did with Narnia. Um, but the, this Tari were representative of angels. Um, yeah, it's, I'd love to see the blue wizard get some love. I'd love to see them get some development. It, it'd be cool. Uh, number four is Redeem Radagast. I mean, like, look, to be straight up, I don't hate Radagast in The Hobbit because uh, the wizards are so interesting to me, um, and I was game for him being there. Uh, Radagast doesn't get a lot of development in the books either, uh, but he is the third most developed of the wizards, and he's he's got an interesting perspective because he helps, but he kind of got lost in his mission. Gandalf is the only one who truly succeeded. Because um, Saruman out and out failed. We don't know about the Blue Wizards. Radagast did not... F uh, it's debatable whether or not he succeeded. I wouldn't say he out and out failed. He just got crazy distracted because of his deep love for animals and plants and mushrooms. Uh, but let's just be honest here. Uh, in The Hobbit, there was way too much silliness. Um and bird poop in his hair. I'd like to see the character be done a bit better. Um, yeah, yeah. Moving along to number three. Uh, and these last three are... If uh, The show is not going to be this, so I know this now, but it would still be something I'd totally be down for if they ever wanted to do it animated or in a comic or something. But if you did this as almost an anthology series. Um, so number three is have a season in the third age. Um, now this is, uh, this is the age from the legendarium. We are almost always in, but it is a great one. Um, you could do this season across, you could totally do a season across this age, show the wizards arriving, uh, the other three, cause I believe the two or the, it's debated that the, the, two blue wizards arrived in um at the end of the second or the start of the third um but we could show the uh the wizards arriving middle earth recovering but then splintering more and then ending it around the t around the beginning of the time of the hobbit or concurrently within with the hobbit's timeline um what ties in with this is i would honestly be fine either way if this show was tied into the films, because I I think the films are almost inescapable at this point, because um, of how well received and borderline universally loved they are. Now there's some in the Legendarium fandom who who don't like the films because they were too different from the books. Um, but that that's fair. But that's that's almost an exception to the rule. Lord of the Rings is borderline universally loved um the films were almost or borderline perfection they're outstanding so i would totally be fine if this if this show was tied into the continuity of the films uh instead of necessarily the books proper but we'll you you could have some wiggle room with that uh number two and this is the one that actually happened um have the series set in the second age. Um, <laughs> friggin' I never thought... Uh, again, I was hoping this would happen, but I was like, the cameos one is the, the one that's gonna happen. This one, not so much. 
Uh, but with having a show set in the Second Age, or ha- sorry, I should say, having the show set in the Second Age, uh, you get to focus on a really interesting time. It's a time of rebuilding, uh, but you see Sauron growing into the bad guy we are familiar with, and the series could totally build up to the ba- that battle that we saw at the beginning of Fellowship, but really flesh it out, uh, spell out the doom of Middle-earth. Uh, there's so much you could do with this. There's really so much you could do in the in the second in the second age, and I, I have high hopes for the show second set in the second age. That being said, there is something I kind of wish happened a little bit more, but again, that ties into the overall friggin' anthology, which they're not doing. So I'm down. I'm I'm accepting of it, but still, I would have loved if they did this. Number one. Uh, <clears throat> man, that hurts. Yet it's fun to do. Uh, number one is a season set in the first age. Uh, and this one, more than anything, I'd love. Um, I know origin stories are tired uh, for some people, but this isn't necessarily an origin story for an individual character. It's for an entire uh, world. Like, it's for an entire uh, friggin' universe, basically. Uh, you get the creation of Middle Earth. You get Sauron before he becomes, before he becomes who we know as Sauron, and debatably the big bad of the Legendarium, Morgoth, uh, who was a bad dude. Um, I wouldn't say he was like Palpatine bad, but he's up there. Like he's he's messed. Uh, the show could cover. His attempts to take over Middle-earth, his seduction of Sauron, his eventual defeat, which in my mind is where the season would end. Uh, A season set here would be excellent. Uh, And the other things you could throw in here, Barlogs, because there were ample amount of Barlogs. Um, Or I'm not saying it right, Balrog. Balrog and Ankaloth the Awesome. The, uh, the... First age was ripe with dragons, ripe with barlocks, um, or balrogs. Sorry, I really can't pronounce it. I'm butchering. Uh, don't take my fan card away. Uh, was ripe with these, but Ankaloth was like the king of dragons, um, and he was mountain sized. Like, I th- tell me that would not look awesome with a right budget behind it. Like, that's something I'd love to see on the big screen, let alone in general. Um, so I, I do, uh, yeah, I, I wish we were getting some first stage stuff, and maybe we will, because with it being set in the second age, they might do a prologue or something where it's like, here's what happened and here's where we are now. Uh, maybe they'll do stuff in flashback. We, we don't know. I'm really excited for this show because um, the, the Tolkien estate had had things tight they weren't necessarily the biggest fans of the films um especially the uh the hobbit franchise but the the reins are not being held as tight anymore so i think now it's a great time to be a lord of the rings fan um i don't have any reason to expect the show will be the show will be be the the show will be bad until uh, until we've seen something from it, um, and I'm I'm optimistic. I, I hope it's great. Um, 
But I'd lo- like I said and hinted at, I'd love to see some of this stuff done either in an animation, uh, and then yeah, in a cartoon series, or friggin' a comic book. It, it could be it could be wonderful. All that being said, uh, dear listener, thank you for uh, listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, uh, even though I definitely circled a bit, and I apologize for that. Um, we are a little on the shorter side, but that's okay. I'm going to stop myself from rambling more than I have. Uh, check out those uh, those podcasts and channels I mentioned at the top. Again, they are Love Thy, uh, Love Thy Nerds. Uh, dang it. The Hit List. Sorry. Is it The Hit List? The pull list. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm ch- I'm tired. It's hitting. Uh, yeah. Check out the pull list on. Uh, you can find them on Podbean. You can find them on iTunes. You can find them where most podcasts are available, and also the YouTube channel Men of the West. What would you like out of this series? What's kind of your wish list? Uh, how did you feel about Lord of the Rings? Heck, how did you feel about The Hobbit? Let me know in the comments. Um, if you're commenting on the website, you can't comment, so drop me an email and I will definitely respond. All that being said, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it and God bless my friends. Take care. Peace.